the previous week, uh, Nathan uh, kicked off this series of talking on godly speech. And one of the things that he said uh, was, you know, godly speech is more about what you do speak than what you, uh, you know, the, the good stuff. It's, it's, more, it's more about positive things than the, the negative. It's not all about the language that we have heard or some of us have even used at one time. It's more. It's more than that. And certainly as I've just waited on the Lord of this last couple of weeks, um, it's as though the Lord has just revealed situations where, where godly speech has made such a vast difference in people's lives. I want to start... I'm going, to take, I'm going to take a leaf out of um, Edward Isitt's uh, book uh, and start with just a, a story um, because then, you know, it, that just may help to illustrate for you some of the things around how we speak and the impact that that might have and certainly leading into, leading into what I want to talk about this morning. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, good, good. Right, well, you know, I've, Kay and I, we have always had a passion um, to see Jesus touching souls and winning souls. And a, a few years ago, now, a few years ago, we had a burden for a certain area uh, within the county of, uh, of uh, Nottinghamshire that seemed relatively untouched by the gospel. And so, and so we did the daring thing of setting ourselves, first of all, to leaflet every door within that village, and then to follow those leaflets up by knocking on every door. Um, and basically the introduction being, we dropped a leaflet from your, through your door just a while ago. We'd just come in to see if you had a chance to read it or such. We, we completely ignored every sign that said, uh, no cold callers. No, you've seen them, haven't you? Great long sign. You know, know this, know that, know that. And so I only had one time when somebody said, didn't you read my sign? I said, I'm not selling you anything. Um, and, I, and I got away with it anyway. But I knocked on the door of a relatively uh, affluent, in a relatively affluent area, a beautiful house, and this, this young man came to the door. And uh, I started to talk to him about the leaflet we dropped through and started to talk to him about the reasoning behind all that. And he said something to me that I have to say as add a profound effect upon me in regard to evangelism, in regard to how we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it may shock you, but he said to me, why should I serve someone who the only way that he can get me to serve him is by threatening me with hell? You see, I said to him, young man, you've got it all wrong. You've got it all wrong. 
can I say, Oswald Chambers said, you should, you should never present a person's predicament, their sin or the consequences of that sin, before you have presented the love of God for that person. I said, young man, you've got it all wrong. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, whatever, and somebody somewhere along the line must have spoken to him, perhaps ill-advisedly. I'm not, I'm not to judge that. But I said, young man, you've got it all wrong. I've come to tell you, I've come to tell you, not about a lost eternity. I've come to tell you about a, a man who gave his life for you that you might have an eternity with him. I've come to share with you the love of God for you. He, he just listened. But I just want to tell you, you know, that might seem a shock to you. It had a profound effect on me as to how I present the gospel, how I speak, if you like. I want to tell you this morning that God loves you more than you will ever know. That's where I'm starting. You say, well, I thought you were going to talk about godly speech this morning. I am, but I want to start, I want to start by the truth of the word that God loves us more than we will ever know. And the revelation... Will you hear me on this? The revelation and the realization that God loves us is life-changing. Is life-changing. It is the knowledge and the revelation, spiritual revelation, not something that we figure out in our heads, but the spiritual revelation to our hearts that enables us to face what that young man was struggling to face because he, he'd, he'd been presented with the consequences before the cure. It is knowing that God loves us that we can face the sin in our lives. Knowing that his love took him to the cross and bore the penalty of that sin. The world need to know this, friend. That God is not a big ogre that comes along and says, you can't do that and you can't do that. And if you don't do that, you know, I'm going to punish you. It's his love. The recognition, the revelation of his love that brings us to repentance. In a positive act Knowing that there is something better for us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, church. Repentance has been presented in a whole, a whole negative way to the people out there. So often it's been presented again as, you know, that is so wrong, that is so wrong, you mustn't do that, you've, you've got to stop doing that. Whereas actually, repentance is the love of God enables us to turn around because, because he shows us there's a better way. 
There's a better way. It's the knowledge of this. In fact, Romans 2. Romans 2, we're not going to bring it up because we haven't got the time. But Romans 2 says this. The goodness, the kindness, the love of God leads us to repentance. It's his love. It's the recognition of the price that he has paid. It's the recognition of who he is and how much he unconditionally loves us that enables us to turn around because he shows us there is something better for us. It's, it's that knowledge of unconditional love that enables us to get up when we fall. Yeah. And who amongst us hasn't ever fallen? Yeah, none of us. But the knowledge, the knowledge that he's there to take our hand. Yeah. The knowledge that he, he, he loves us and he's not coming along to us and condemning us. And he enables us to get up knowing that we're not condemned. It's that love, this same love that empowers us to keep going. To keep going. When disappointments and hurts and painful experiences come our way, just as Jez, the unexpected can shatter our lives. As I, you know, that, that unexpected for Jez this week. Without the knowledge that God loves us, it shatters us. But it's the love of God that enables us through difficult and, can I say, rosy times. Keeps going. We keep going. It's the love. The knowledge of the love of a father for his children. Whereby, at times, he comes along and corrects us. And we recognize, yeah, you're helping me to become a better person. You're helping me. If we don't know, if we don't know that God loves us, when, when he says something to us that can at times be quite painful, we're gonna, it's going to shatter us, isn't it? But when we know that he loves us, when we know that he's doing it, in order to make us what he always called us and chose us to be. It just brings a different light on it. And we can, we can bear because we know it's going to bring forth much fruit. Why am I, why am I starting this word today on just talking about God's love in can I say, yeah, I know I've labored it. I know I've labored it. But I want us, I want us brothers and sisters, I want us church to grasp the truth of how much God loves us. Because, because of this, that godly speech begins with the heart. Godly speech begins with the heart. A heart that has been touched by the love of God. Yeah. That love. The love 
the love that God has for you, our heart has been touched by that love. In fact, it's been changed by that love. God said to the, God said to the children of Israel, you read it there in the Old Testament, he says, look, I want to take out of you a stony heart. I want to give you a heart of flesh. I want to give you a heart that actually is responsive to me. Can I say that in, in what Jesus has done for us, he's done it something even more wonderful. Romans 5 and verse 5 says this, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. His love has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's why I said right at the beginning, it has to come by a revelation of God. We can't work it out. Somewhere God speaks to us and says, look, I love you. And, and we receive it. And his love has been poured out when we called upon him. His love was poured out. The original, uh, the King James, sorry, shall I say, the King James Version uses, the, it says it, it was shed abroad in our hearts. Going back to the origins, you know, when I think about pouring out, I, you know, being a man who likes his tea, you think about, you know, tea, don't you? You know, pouring, pouring a cup of tea out. Listen, this is more than that. This is, the, the actual better word would be, it's, it's been poured out like a flood. The love of God has flooded our hearts by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Why is it so important? It's important because so much, so much proceeds from the heart of what we have to say. And if our hearts, if our hearts have not been, been filled with that love, then we're going to struggle with how we speak. We're going to struggle with it. The heart is so important. Luke 6, 40, 45 says, Jesus is saying, you know, well, just let me tell you the background, the context of this. The disciples, the disciples had stopped because they were hungry and they'd gone into the cornfield and they, they, they took uh, some of the ears of corn. Something that we did as lads. Well, you know, some of us did. You know, we, we did. We went into the cornfield and we, you know, we rubbed that, we rubbed that corn uh, and the, the corn came out uh, and we ate, we ate it because in those days, you know, your mum sent you out of the house about 8 o'clock and you weren't allowed to go back in until it was almost dark. Yeah? Anybody remember that? No? Oh, it must, must be my age. Okay. Well, anyway, the disciples were doing that. Um, and, and the Pharisees were looking on and saying, oh, how dare they? How dare they uh, go eating with, and they've not washed their hands? Jesus says, I want to tell you, really, a good man brings good things out of the good stored. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored. For the mouth speaks 
what the heart is full of. What's our heart full of? If it's full of the love of God, then we're going we're gonna to speak well. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to speak well of people. We're going to speak well to people. We're going to seek to build people up. And I'm not saying that we have an all at some point. Yeah, I'm going to put my hand up first. We have all at times spoken inadvisedly, haven't we? I'm talking about something that is consistent within our life. Matthew 15, 18, he says, Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. It's not just our words. It's not, it's not just our words, you see, that come from the heart. The, the mouth, our words can be the first thing, but it's also our heart. Our actions, and we've all heard we've all heard the saying, haven't we? That that actions speak louder than words. Can I tell you another story? Another sad story. I'm sorry, but may just may just serve to show a point to you. You've heard all heard, I'm sure, of Robert Mugabe. He recently died, uh, president of uh, Zimbabwe. That. Um, was the country that came out of Rhodesia that was. When Robert Mugabe was a young boy um, with, I don't know if it was his brother or friends, but anyway, with someone else, they were invited to the missionary's house in that area. And they were just so thrilled that that these white missionaries had invited them, just basically street kids. He came from a very, very poor background, did Robert Mugabe. And, um, and they were invited um, to this missionary's house for tea. And they, and they, they, they sat on the couch and, uh, and, and they just enjoyed tea. And it, it had such an impact upon his life that someone had shown them such love. It seemed unconditional love. And he came out of the house. For some reason, they either had to go back or they turned around to, to go back and look through. And when they looked through the window of the house, they saw the missionary's wife fumigating the couch I don't know what I don't know what that must have impacted upon Robert Mugabe but you know it just for me it says we just need to be careful what we say and what we do and what impact is it having upon those who see us and who hear us you see, there may be people, there may be people here this morning who might struggle. As I say, I, I'm, not, I'm not dwelling on this because I want to dwell on the positive this morning. There may be people who struggle with, um, with negative things, who struggle with controlling language or potential to gossip or murmur. I want to tell you there is... A better way. There is a better way because 
If you read, if you read the scripture, part of the fruit of the Spirit, part of the fruit of the Spirit when we were born again is self-control. Yeah? Self-control. And if you may be struggling with that, no condemnation, can I say, well, you, you can take it to God and He will give you self-control over those areas in your life. But I do believe that the word for us today is to grasp the power of godly speech when it unites with the power of God's word. Yeah. When godly speech and God's word come together, it's a recipe for power in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it's God's word or it's a word from God. It may be a prophetic word. Proverbs 15 says this, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise adorns knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch. Actually, I think what he's saying here, keeping watch in what is said on the wicked and the good. The soothing tongue. Just, just get this church this morning. The soothing tongue is a tree of life. Oh, you want to be a tree of life? You want, you want to bring life into somebody? into somebody's situation. Speak well. Bring godly speech. I want to say that if, if God can use our words to make a difference, that's what he wants to do. God wants to use our words and the message of our lives to make a difference for good. There's too many people out there. There's too many, too many out there who are speaking, who are speaking negative and speaking bad and speaking what isn't right over people's lives. God wants us to be a people who speak well into people's lives. I was so saddened at the summit meeting this, um, this year uh, for the leaders, I was so saddened to hear, though I, I knew it anyway, but it was sad to hear that it's not something that is just isolated. Glyn Barrett was saying, and thank God that Glyn Barrett, I believe is a mighty man of God, called for this time and for this day into assemblies of God. But he was saying as a young boy, as a young boy, he would go along to church with his father. And he would, he would hear there would be people standing up and giving messages in tongues. And, you know, can I tell you, we believe, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this church. Yeah. But I want to tell you, we believe in the real thing. 
in gifts that change lives, in gifts that change situations. And Glyn Barrett says, he saw the same man that spoke in tongues on the Sunday, buttonholing his father with complaint after complaint and abusing his father. The same man that on the Sunday was, going to, was ready to speak in tongues was on the next day ready to abuse the pastor. It's not God, what God wants, friends, is it? He wants what is pure and holy of godly speech. I want to tell you that godly speech, we want to be people who bring a tree of life into people's lives. If godly speech has such a positive impact, what about this? What about when godly speech unites with the prophetic word? What about when it unites with the word of God? And let me tell you, prophetic words must always, always, always align with the word of God. Yeah? But when they come together, there is a recipe for faith. A recipe for faith. A recipe for life. Let me read to you. And then we're going to just go through this very quickly because I'm aware of time. But I want to read to you from Ezekiel 37. And over this last few weeks as God has placed this upon my heart, this message, a number of times this word has been confirmed and confirmed and confirmed, church. And I believe, you know, if we will have ears to hear this morning. God wants to speak into our lives and take us away with something that will just impact, impact our community for good. Yeah, impact our community for good. Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley that was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And he said to me, this is the word of the Lord, remember. You know, I, I said about godly speech and the word of the Lord coming together. The word of the Lord is coming together with a man who is ready to speak positively. He said to me, prophesy, speak, speak to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So, I spoke. Yeah. 
I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, get that, as he was just speaking, let me tell you, if your intentions are to build up, even as you are speaking, God will begin to build up. Create something that is life. As, uh, uh, so I prophesied, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling, uh, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and, and, and skin covered them, uh, but there was, no, there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They stood, sorry, they, they came to life and stood up on their feet a vast army. Hallelujah. Then he said, Son of man, these bones are the bones, sorry, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, right, let me just pause there. He's not now, he's not, he's not now speaking to a valley of dry bones he's not speaking to now a valley of just bodies he sees he sees what it's all about he sees what it's all about so there are some people who believe that you know physically all this happened that god did raise up a mighty army whether, what, whether we believe that or whether we don't believe that, that isn't the point. The point of it is what God was speaking in, in and through his servant. The point is this. Prophesy and say to them, say to the children of Israel, this is what the, the sovereign Lord says, my people... I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land and you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Hallelujah. Yet God takes Ezekiel, man of godly speech, and he unites him. He unites him with the prophetic word. He unites him with the word from and of God. It's like dynamite. It's like dynamite. And I just want to tell you, it just brings life. First of all, first of all, can I say, it brought unity. 
brought bone to bone, brought tendon to tendon, brought unity. Then it brought life, yeah, because the, it prophesied to the wind, it prophesied to the breath, and it came into, that, in, into those lifeless corpses. Finally, it brought restoration. It brought restoration. As we seek to be a people after God's heart, after we seek to be a people into whom he has poured the love of God in our hearts, as we seek to be a people who speak well, who have godly speech, oh, may our ears be open. That we might, that we might be a people that bring unity, that bring life, that bring restoration. You see, when God, when God speaks, He brings all of those things because faith, can I say, He brings, He bring, He brings faith. That's that's where faith comes from, right? Faith isn't about faith isn't about some expectation that we may have. It's not about some, uh, some wish list that we write down in our bucket list. Yeah? Faith is not doing something even that feels good. And expect, get this, get this, friends. We can't do something that we have conjured up, even if it feels good, and expect God to fall in line with what we want. Right? We can't, we can't go along and say, right, well, we're going we're gonna to hire, you know, uh, we're going to hire Pride Park. Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? I have Pride Park for a, a massive comp- campaign across Derbyshire. You never know, it might happen one day. But certainly God isn't telling me that at this moment. But, we, you know, we can't go along and say, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire Pride Park. And then we go along to the law and we expect him to fall in line with it. No, what we need, friends, what we need, that's not faith. Sometimes that's our pride, actually. Yeah. No, what we, what, what we need is God to come along and say, Oh, Pastor Nathan, 2025, I have pride part and I'm going to fill it with people seeking after me. Yeah, that's what we need. And then, then we can, because that's faith. Yeah, it's us falling in line with what God wants, not God falling in line what we want because it sounds a good idea. Faith, faith is when the word of God comes alive in our heart. Right, just as it happened to Ezekiel, just something rose it, 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 rose in him as he, as he was seeking God that day. He was walking with God. You never know what is going to happen when you set yourself out on the day that you're going to walk with him. Faith. Faith is going to require us as the godly to speak into impossible situations. In impossible situations. Godly speech coming together with the word of God. There was nothing more impossible. You know, the, the children of Israel were not only scattered 
they were in bondage and they were separated. They'd separated themselves. You know, um, 10, 11 tribes had gone one way and, and, and Judah was just, just, you know, on their own. It, it was complete, complete disunity. It was an impossible situation. But God says, I am going to bring you back together. And you read Ezekiel 30, uh, uh, 38, actually, after, you know, the chapter after 37. Read that. And, and Ezekiel is prophesying again because God's word comes to him and says, Lord, I'm not only going to bring you out of bondage. I'm not only going to bring you out to have your own land, but I'm going to bring you together as one person. Can I just encourage you this morning as we come to a close? Yeah, let's, let's not dwell on the negative. Let's dwell on what is positive. Let's not dwell on where we've made mistakes, where we've said the wrong thing, or where we've done the wrong thing. You know, if we have, if we have come to Jesus in that, and we've turned around from it, then that's behind us. It's behind us forever. God's forgot it, right? We can learn from it. God's forgot it. Let's be a people who seek God. As we've done this last week, we've just, all, all, our whole agenda has been to seek God this last week. And yeah, we, we've had situations that we've prayed into. But allow, allow the godly speech. Allow the heart that comes from a God who has poured his love into us. Allow that to be open to him. And when he speaks, when those two things, a godly life, godly words, and the word of God come together. There'll be dynamite. Dynamite. To shake the world. To shake it. To shake South Normanton. To, it'll shake our lives first, I might tell you. But it will shake South Normanton forever. Hallelujah. God bless you.